Hello, welcome to A Disciple's Tidbit, a small seed of information to help grow your faith. My name is Craig, and I want to invite you to sit back and enjoy this mini-episode. Hello, and welcome to a special tidbit of A Disciple's Point of View. What I want to talk to you about today is your need of a Savior. And you may be sitting here going, hey, I have no need for a Savior. You don't know me. You don't know my life. I'm going to be just fine. I'll get to heaven all on my own. Well, let's go ahead and put that to the test today. Let's say that when you're driving home today from wherever you are, let's say that you get killed. Or let's say you die in your sleep. Let's say something happens and your life ends today. And you stand before Almighty God. And He asks you, why should I let you into my heaven? A lot of people I've heard will cite the Ten Commandments or will cite some sort of workspace to answer, right? I'm going to work my way there. I'm going to get there on my own merit. I don't want to have to believe in any particular thing to get me there. I'm going to be there, getting there just fine all on my own. Well, let's put that to the test real quick right now. So the Ten Commandments are found in Exodus chapter 20, and I'm just going to test you with three out of them. Three of them, there are ten total, but I'm just going to test you with three. Okay, so the very first one is found in verse 15 of chapter 20. It says, you shall not steal. Ipso facto, end of story. You can never steal at all ever in your life. You have to keep the law perfectly, keep in mind, to be able to get you to where you say you're going to go. Because in Ezekiel uh, chapter 18, verse 4 and verse 20, it says, the soul that sins shall die. Okay, so if you sin one time, God said, the soul that sins shall die. So let's think about that for a second. Have you ever stolen anything ever at any point in your life? This includes taking things without permission from work or school. So if you take a pen home, yes, God counts that as stealing. Have you, have you ever done that? So if you have, you can count that as an X against you. Have you ever, well, let's actually go to the next one in verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's lying. Have you ever lied at all, period? Your neighbor is anybody who's not you. So have you ever told a lie to anybody? If you're being honest with yourself, you have. We all have. We've all told those little white lies or even sometimes lies by omission, right? So that's two X's against you. Here's the big one that gets a lot of people. So in verse 14, it says, you shall not commit adultery. Some people are like, well, that's good. I'm, I'm all well good with that. You know, I'm not married or I've never actually cheated on my wife. Well, we're going to go a little bit deeper. Whenever Jesus was giving what he called, what we call actually the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 27, it says, You've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if you even looked at somebody with lust in your heart, you have committed the sin of adultery. And so if you're going to base your life on, or I'm sorry, your eternal life on some sort of merit-based system or keeping the Ten Commandments, and if we've already taken inventory of only three out of the ten, everybody comes woefully short So what does that mean, right? So we've already talked about in Ezekiel chapter 18, it has a couple verses in there. It says, the soul that sins shall die. And if we talk about a works-based merit system in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, it says, we've all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. The thought there is that it's an absolutely filthy, disgusting garment. 
So we can't rely on our good works to save us. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, even takes a whole bunch of verses from the Old Testament in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10, as it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. No, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In the paths, in their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. I talked about it in another podcast about in Eternal Life 101 about uh, we know that adultery is sin. We know that lying is sin because it's codified in the Ten Commandments, right? And then in our own sinful flesh, in our own sinful bodies, we sit there and we go, I want to do that all the more because I was told that I can't, right? So any parents out there should really readily be able to identify with that thought and idea. Picking back up in verse 21, now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believed, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The cool thing is, in the very next verse, it says, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the cool thing is, is that even though Paul makes the assertion that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we know, therefore, that we can actually still retain redemption through Jesus Christ. Because if we go over to the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verse 22, it says, Indeed, under the law almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of, of sins. You may ask, well, why is that? That seems kind of weird. But again, if we go back to Ezekiel chapter 18, where it says, A soul that sins shall die, God demands a life for the act of sinning against him. He is so holy and so just that he will not allow anybody into his presence who doesn't have a life taken for their life being in his presence. So how does that happen? How does that occur? Well, in 1 Peter 3, verse 18, it said, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God and to put to death in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit. And that is in fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 53, picking up in verse 5. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So realistically speaking, every single human being alive out there has a need for a Savior. In Isaiah chapter 53, that's in the Old Testament. That was prophesied. And it was prophesied in fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 36, Ezekiel chapter 37, the last part of Ezekiel chapter 39, Jeremiah 31, and Daniel chapter 9. 
where God said that he was going to do a new work within people and he was going to put his spirit within people and that he would indeed initiate a new covenant and there would be an anointed one given to accomplish and bring in everlasting righteousness. So what does this mean for you and how do you think you can appropriate it to your life? For more on that, go ahead and listen to this next segment coming up next. One thing I want to add real quick is that a lot of people may say that, well, no, I have my own belief system and that's all well and good if God's going to do some weird covenant with with other people and whatnot, but I'm going to try my own way and I'm going to try my own system of belief. The problem is, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And since we have a lot of indirect evidence that Jesus actually did rise from the dead after he was killed on the cross, then I would tend to believe him over anything else. So please listen to the next segment coming up. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. The Apostle John wrote that when he was pinning 1 John. He says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V 
at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.